0: Hi, I'm Andrea, and this is Empowered by Darkness, a podcast for anyone seeking to dive deep into all parts of themselves, especially the darker ones, to become empowered by the integration of these into uncovering your unique expression and purpose. Here, we shed light on the self-hatred, the resentment, the need for validation and saving, the fear of being loved, the illusion of power in damaging patterns, and many more topics that will challenge you to bloom where you're currently planted. Welcome to your life's work. Take a seat and let's get started. Hi, welcome back to the Empowered by Darkness podcast. I am your host, Andrea. If this is your first time being with us here in this community, welcome and thank you for choosing to tune in to today's episode. Today's topic is going to be about seeking to expose ourselves to that which we believe does not exist for people with our past, whether we have this belief and it is conscious or unconscious and even at the level of the subconscious. We will be talking about why it is important to actively search for exposure to the opposite of what our past might have convinced us of and in turn find empowerment and a higher purpose to our current existence. So to start us off, I wanted to kind of have a disclaimer and say to all of you that I am sure that we can all agree and move past a statement that says your past will dictate your future because it is not as simple or black and white as stating so. Because we know that we have free will. And we have the capacity to break free from perhaps hurtful familial patterns. There's also upward mobility and and there's relocation. There's educational opportunity. There is professional advancement at our disposal. So this episode is centered on what we continue to take with us where we ascend in these physical ways that I just described. To give you an example of what I just mentioned, this episode centers on the belief of what can happen to a person with our unique past circumstances. So for example, where do we draw the limits on how much financial abundance we can have based on what we have seen in the past. Or where is there a threshold to the capacity that we have to experience love? Or what is the amount of responsibility we believe we always have to carry? And another thing that can apply to this is how much satisfaction do we allow ourselves to feel in our work? These are just a few examples to really illustrate the focus of today's episode. Now, whenever we do internal work related to our past, there are many factors that go into play. There is the breaking down of internalized beliefs that we have to engage in. And there is the candid observation of what effect these beliefs are having on us today. Are they hindering us? Are they aiding us in any way? Are they a protection mechanism? Are they masking a worthiness wound? Are they giving us a false sense of control? In this episode, we are actually going to be touching upon a part of this multifaceted process of looking at our past's influence on us today. We will be touching upon something that is often overlooked and that I really want to stress is we are capable of starting it today, in this moment. And with very few time dedicated to it, we can start seeing substantial results. And that part that we're going to be focusing on today that kind of link in the chain of of unveiling our past, the link that we're going to be observing is how do we actively search for what proves our pain-informed judgments from the past wrong? So what can we look for in this moment that is going to contradict that which we believe must be a given for people that Faced what we faced. And you may be wondering why is this so important? Why dedicate an entire podcast episode to the search for something that contradicts our running narrative that's in our mind and it's in our emotional body? The reason it's important is because oftentimes at the simplest level of perception, we find the deepest transformation. Think about it this way. When we have pain that is stemming from past experiences, and this pain runs deep into our subconscious, whether that's pain measured in the amount of time that pain spanned in, or it's measured in the impact of the event that happened to us that was so distressing and impactful that... It just stayed with us, no matter how it's measured. It can enclose our existence in a kind of bubble where the walls of this bubble reflect to us a reality that is undisputable because it's all we've ever known. So if someone, for example, if someone is being questioned for their inability to believe that they can successfully begin working For themselves in a field that makes them passionate, the person would most likely respond defensively, either thinking or saying, how am I supposed to trust that this can happen for me, that I can begin working for myself and be successful, when everyone I know hates their job. And every time they try to have better for themselves, they lose their financial security. So in this case, the, the individual that I just described, their entire reality has shown to them that this is not like the alternative of being in a job that they, perhaps they hate or they're just not satisfied in. The alternative reality is not sustainable for them. It's not something that they have seen that has worked before. And so they just cannot conceive of, of it. And this can go for relationship dynamics too. You know, someone that is being questioned for being unable to believe that there can be good men or good women in the world. The person can be defensive about their stance in the sense that perhaps that's all they've ever known. They've never stepped outside of walls that have shown connections being deceitful or untrustworthy and so they have generalized those sentiments to a man or to a woman's general essence and that is what they are convinced is the reality that they're existing in. So an important part of getting outside of the walls that reflect to us these painful experiences is actively searching for the existence of an alternative wall, even if we don't believe this wall can actually become our new reality. And I want to stress that point. Let me say it again. Even if as we are actively searching for an alternative reality, we have limiting beliefs, we have arising emotions that make us believe that this cannot possibly be our new reality, even if we have that distrust that that can become ours, we still can reap great benefit from the search. And I will talk more about why as I expose kind of the first part of this episode. And that is really first sitting with with a profound acknowledgement and I want to invite you to do this because it's going to make the task of searching feel less daunting and that is acknowledging that the great thing about our current world is that we have a greater capacity to seek information that is not readily available. So think about how in past societies... Um, they probably struggled to see realities that are that were past their their closest family, their closest friendship circles, their acquaintances, and and perhaps these familial and familiar circles reflected much of the same narratives that their own personal bubble was already showing them. So, their inability to find a fulfilling job their dysfunctional relational dynamics, the unequal distribution of responsibility, the acceptance of ill treatment in exchange for economic stability, these patterns that they already saw within their, their personal bubble, uh, their personal reality, they were mirrored by their closest circles, social circles. And, and if you're nodding your head right now and you're thinking, well, this is kind of what i'm going through in my life you know my closest familial and friendship circles mirror back to me much of what i experience in my day to day you have the capacity today to look for where these aren't part of somebody else's reality and they are capable of experiencing greater authentic expression and fulfillment and ask yourself the question if they are capable of having this why can't you have it as well And before I get into describing how I have applied this to my journey and seen very transformational results from it, I want to just include a quick disclaimer that I touched upon briefly in the introduction to this episode, but I will touch upon again. So this episode actually will not fully touch into the internal blocks that can often keep us from believing these alternative realities can belong to us. What it will do is it will get the wheels turning on how we can begin stepping as a collective toward greater freedom to choose better for ourselves, knowing that there is better out there. And it will introduce some common scenarios that will showcase this possibility. So in future episodes, I will go more into describing each of those blocks and and really dedicating more time to delving into them but for today we're we're largely giving the focus to seeking this greater exposure to an alternative scenario to our own and the first example that I want to give of my personal life is my concept of men and how my color palette that surrounded my my bubbles walls that I talked about, you know, the the bubbles surrounding my concept of reality and perception of it. They were, it was a color palette that had a lot of colors that were limited to painting men in a negative light. So when it came to coloring them in positivity, I was very limited. So my colors signified alarm and warning. They signified fear and avoidance. And there weren't many examples in my life that supported the existence of a different color palette that can come to surround my reality. And what I want to clarify before moving on is that there's always a duality to experience. So I'm not saying I was wrong or that you are wrong for only possessing a certain limited color palette. These, like, less desirable colors were or are your reality because they are a portion of our entire collective reality. So unhealthy men, men that are unconsciously hurting from their wounds, that exist and their actions create ripple effects that sometimes span generations and entire ancestral lineages, men like this exist, but they are still only a portion of the grand collective. Of the collective's dual truth. So as darkness must exist, so does light. And as it may be incredibly difficult to conceive and exist in financial freedom and joy in some cases, in others it can be easy flowing and sustainable. So you see what I'm showing you here? It's not that you should should feel shame or guilt for only having the colors that you currently have in your In your arsenal to color your perception. It's a natural part of life to have both, but in this episode we are focusing on searching for that dual truth to improve our circumstance. And frankly my immediate reality didn't and still does not provide me with the colors I want to conceive of the duality and find that, first of all, these men exist, men that are conscious and that are able to care for me and lead in a connection. I think the second part of this is that I have to, and in my journey, I had to conceive that these men could be a part of my life. So firstly, I had to first admit to myself that they could exist And secondly, that they could be a part of my existence. So I committed myself to searching for a different palette of possibility, not tying it immediately to myself, meaning that I didn't ask myself the question, where are the emotionally in tune and supportive men in my area? Like, where can I find men like this for me? What do I have to do to get them, etc.? I didn't ask myself these questions. I firstly asked myself the most basic but powerful question. Can I even conceive of them existing? And in order for this to happen, I had to find proof. I had to search for proof. And this proof, and let me stress this, and, and really if you take one thing from this episode let it be that when you search for this proof it has to feel true to your heart at an intuitive level i cannot just feel like a maybe or a well this this place says that it has men like this but it remains to be seen type of type of thing you know i can't be deep inside hesitant or questioning of this reality. And obviously we can always have feelings that arise like fear or anxiety or just generally feeling like you have a certain apprehension to believe something is possible for you. I think that's completely normal. What I am hinting at here is that something cannot feel superficial when you're searching for proof of of an alternative reality. It has to feel like it connects with you in some way that is intimate to you, even if you share it with someone else, and you know they think, well, that still doesn't say anything about the possibility of men being conscious or you having a conscious relationship with one. If it doesn't mean any anything to someone else, but it strikes a chord within you, it really, your experience has to be the priority. If it, if it's about changing your perception and an example of this is actually an experience that I had searching for this proof that men like this existed and it was because I couldn't conceive in my immediate surroundings of an example that proved that so I looked elsewhere and throughout the start of me being conscious of my personal development I used content put out by creators Um, creators like those of podcasts, those of YouTube videos, of books. So I consumed a lot of that content that aimed to uplift consciousness in order to change my internal world since my external world continued to be stagnant. And a lot of people that start their personal growth journeys, they experience that. They experience an external reality that doesn't really shift at the beginning and they just have to continue consuming this... Informational and motivational content that starts shifting them internally so their perception of the external reality changes. So, as I was doing this already, I thought, why don't I do the same thing when trying to imagine a conscious and growth oriented male? So, I searched in the spaces where creators were putting out content to help anyone step more fully into alignment and their soul's purpose. And one of the creators that I stumbled upon is Mr. Jake Woodard and his podcast. So I, I actually use his podcast to shift my understanding of myself in connections and really understand the internal blocks um, that I was having that were preventing me from experiencing true intimacy. But his work is largely with men that are also um, aiming to better understand themselves and engage in conscious connections. So I remember that as I was looking through his episodes one day when I was heading to work, I was looking for an episode to watch on my way or to hear on my way to work. And an episode came up of Jake's work in, I think he does retreats where he works with men and They come to those retreats and they're able to be vulnerable and they express their emotions and just any pain that they're experiencing that's uh, most of the time rooted in their past. And I was shocked to see that he had like an episode with someone that went to one of those retreats and he talked about his experience there and they shared a brief clip that I was kind of, it was like a, like a teaser for the actual episode and it, immediately grabbed at my attention because it shifted something emotionally inside of me the clip was of a man surrounded by he was in this room surrounded by a group of other men and he was bawling he was screaming he was just it was like an outpour of emotion that I had never seen come from the masculine before and I just knew that I wanted more of that experience. I wanted to see what surrounded it. And thankfully, Jake had an episode where he interviewed the man that was filmed um, showing that outpour and and it, it was an amazing... I'm going to link it in the show's description notes for you all to see if you're interested. Um, but I, I started hearing the episode on my way to work and I just remember... That this man was talking about his experience with seeing his sister and mother being abused when he was young. And how this experience made him feel immense powerlessness. And he touched upon some of the core wounds that he carried. Like he was carrying a lot of repressed anger. Feeling like he was bound to disappoint those that he loved. As he kept speaking about these things, I just felt my heart hurt with him. It was the strangest experience, but I was I was crying because he, I felt I felt his emotion so palpable and so moving that I I started tearing up a little bit as I was driving and I just I wanted to hold space for him and I'd never been in a position in which I had witnessed a man have such intense awareness of his pain and the capacity to articulate it and show immense strength in admitting weakness. And for me, that's why I shared that if you take one thing from this episode, have it be that when you are searching for an alternative truth and reality to your perceptions, that you really make sure that it's something that strikes a chord with you at an intuitive heart level because it is going to start this like tsunami of openness to the same thing being expressed elsewhere. So once I opened myself up to this man's experience, I just kept being exposed in my day-to-day to a similar level of expression coming from men and even though it wasn't happening you know like with my close friendship circles or at work or you know just in my physical reality it was not happening in the content that i was consuming through podcasts through social media you know just through the digital world i just kept seeing more and more men that were like this and and this video then became the introduction to the work of other men like the Sacred Sons, which is an organization that works with men of all ages in helping them connect to their heart's purpose. It's an amazing, amazing group of very conscious men that are leaders in, in this movement towards really bringing back the the masculine that feels deeply and that is informed by his emotions, in in l- having a life of service and having a life in which, if they're fathers, they're able to be conscious fathers to their children. And the one of the leaders of this organization, Hubert Bastiat, um, he actually I was introduced to him before I was introduced to Sacred Sons, and it wasn't even me searching for him. It was me continuing on this path of my own personal growth, and I listened to the podcast from Sahara Rose, um, The Highest Self podcast. I would encourage you to check it out, just a side note, but in one of her episodes, and I wasn't even meaning to tune into this episode, it just happened to be that she was interviewing Aubert um, when I was listening to it. It was a podcast episode about relationships and tuning into your needs, um, and Hubert was the person being interviewed and through his sharing of his experience with addiction and coming out of addiction and, and into a life of service, um, it was that I was introduced to Sacred Sons. And then the world of Sacred Sons and, and it, it's really a huge community and just magnified the, the scale of conscious men that I suddenly could see in, in my reality even if it wasn't within these physical walls that I'm still a part of, I knew the scale was much larger. It wasn't just this one man that I saw bawling and, and showing anger and showing sadness. It wasn't just him. It was just countless men that were doing the same work. and And it felt, again, like a deep soul resonance with them. And then I started stumbling upon... You know, like the Manning of podcast and the story of, of celebrity Anthony Ramos and his testimony and his testimony came at a time where I really needed to hear a man talk about falling short in, in his pursuit of, of having a conscious relationship because I was experiencing the same thing. And, and I thought, you know, I really want to hear the shadow aspects of, of pursuing growth as a man and, and Anthony just had a, a marvelous episode, and I really recommend you check it out too. But I also stumbled upon other creators on my social media that were family men. They were men with a mission to serve other men in their fulfillment and in their purpose. And it was just like this movement of, of, of the masculine helping others to channel their inner fire into awareness for the entire collective. I just kept being exposed to more and more of this and oftentimes like I said I didn't have to look for it I just if I was energetically opened to it it will sh- it would show up in my reality and and really I started seeing a depiction of men different from the the image that I grew up fearing and I was shown this through tools that I was using to develop myself but In the process, I was learning more of the same reality that I started searching for like a while back. And like I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, gaining exposure to the existence of men like this is actually a twofold search. And you will find this not just with, you know, the topic of men and and trying to conceive of a conscious male. It's applicable to any circumstance that you're searching for an alternative reality for because one can find that men like this exist or things like this exist you fill in the blank for whatever you are doubting can happen for people with your past we can conceive that they exist but the next question to ask is if they can exist for people like you people like me and although there is a self-work, self-worth work to be done here, as well as maybe relational trauma work and and acknowledging unconscious beliefs, seeking to expose yourself to the full story behind the way these men are showing up is also key. And I'm going to explain why. I have always been a huge advocate of Telling one's story candidly, meaning that you show the light and the dark. And it's important to do this because as I looked at the relationships these men formed in their lives and observed the women that they brought into their close circle, I started realizing that these women had developed their hearts first. Oftentimes, they turn their emotions kind of upside down inside out and they purged whatever beliefs were no longer true for their desire to be with a conscious man and they were women that were far from perfect they many of them had tragic backstories and and they wrestled with years of self-betrayal and self-hatred but they pulled themselves back into their own power pulling attention away from that which drained them before and when these women that I looked at were so open and candid about their shortcomings in the past, and and the belief systems that they had to work through to be able to have an open channel to letting in a man that was serving at the level that, like the men of sacred sons were serving at, and and you know Uber and and Jake Wittered, you know when they showcased just their their pitfalls and, and moments of insecurity, I saw myself reflected in those points in their journey. And it suddenly didn't feel like that much of a strong reaction to believing that I was worthy or I was capable of having the connection that they were having with these men. Because I thought, hey, like, I'm actually going through something myself right now, and it's making me feel very unworthy. And you opening up about how you were just in that place, like, perhaps, like, a couple months ago, a year ago, a decade ago, whatever time frame it must have been, it was eye-opening to see that I wasn't too far from that, sharing that same reality. So then what happens when you tell your story and you do not refrain from giving attention to the shadow, the fear, the anger, the insecurity, the moment of excruciating betrayal is that you create a bridge for someone searching to cross in order to believe that this could happen for them, that this reality can be theirs. You create a bridge for them to feel in their bones that they can have that which they might have spent most of their lives believing didn't happen or was not possible for people like them with their past with their baggage with their history so in you being so candid and open and honest and and not being like not shirking back from the darkness what happens when you do that is that you actually create a an energetic bridge to, for someone to conceive of themselves being in this reality that you are planted in So this has helped me conceive of a different story from the one I grew up telling myself about the one person I knew my heart deeply yearned for. And this was my father, you know? The one story I grew up telling myself about men was informed by his actions and his abandonment and his abuse. And I want to emphasize too that in me making share that I reflected on my view of men and, and searching an alternative to what that view was, there was always that underlying yearning for connection. And I want to emphasize that it's not wrong to yearn for connection. Sharing your life with another person can be one of the most sacred and transforming experiences. And it can ignite your inner flame to shine even brighter than what it can shine when you are on your own. Or perhaps it's a shine that's just different and needed by society. So that's kind of a side note, but I I really wanted to emphasize that because I feel sometimes in our current society, being independent as a woman is placed on a type of pedestal. And independence is extraordinary, but so is connection and, and more than that, conscious connection. So... The second kind of example I wanted to give just to close this off for today's episode is conceiving of a career that made me passionate and that brought purpose to my life. I experienced kind of a similar process that I went through with conceiving of a conscious masculine um, and to what I experienced conceiving of a fulfilling career, a career aligned with, with mission and with service the process of me getting to believing that that could be my reality looked a little bit like what i just described with men so when going in search for an example of of a career like this i stumbled upon many of the teachers that i'd had in my self-development journey like podcast hosts content creators blog writers authors i stumbled upon a lot of the, a lot of them that were doing their teaching as their full-time job, and that had made it their business and their brand. And to be honest, I felt a little bit of resentment. And you might experience this too as you go into that active search, and it's completely normal. Actually, I would be surprised if you didn't experience a degree of resentment, because it existed, like you notice that these things exist, but not for people like me. At least you have that initial kind of, you You gaze around you and you, you make like this initial scan of your circumstances and you inevitably will come to the conclusion that why why do other people have it and I don't have it? It's kind of like that little inner questioning of what is wrong with me, you know? before perhaps you make it about you there is just initial resentment for perhaps the circumstances that you find yourself in the the factors that are challenging in your life that are keeping you from having a reality like this one and and there is resentment because of external forces in my life I felt in that moment that I had to earn money right away and I could not wait for something that I put out in hopes of helping to be successful or to earn an income. Uh, Which a lot of the times when you see these people that are in the self-development industry that are putting out masterclasses, coaching institutes, that they are actively creating content that is being monetized, the journey to getting it to be monetized was more than likely a long one. And a journey filled with many rejections and pitfalls. But we only see the finished product like many other things in life. And we have to be gentle with ourselves in that initial perception. And move past it into continuing to examine what we want for ourselves. Because it's possible if someone else has it. It's just a matter of shifting our perception and moving past the uncomfortable emotion, like resentment. So, I also came upon a feeling when I was doing this kind of scanning of my surroundings, like I felt like I couldn't market myself as a coach, although I saw people around me doing it with the same, if not less, preparation than I had, because I felt Again, like I mentioned, I was planted in an economic space in which I just felt this pressure to continue being in a job that perhaps I wasn't so satisfied in, but that was giving me continuous wages that I could use to support myself and and my mother in that moment because I was living with her and, you know, she's a single mom. She was not working and I was trying to support her as best as I could. So what I ended up doing is I took the route of higher education that was going to eventually lead to the career path of therapy, which is a type of of branch in this industry that I fell in love with, which was that of helping individuals come into their full potential and experience an emotionally rich life. And I chose this path with a long-term plan in mind inspired by people with my same or, or similar um, low-income background that had done it. You know, they had started in, in counseling and therapy to gain some economic stability, and then they went on to make their own branding. They went on to market themselves as, as healers and other modalities, like perhaps Reiki therapy. They went on to do like ancestral trauma work to do plant medicine, to do yoga. Um, So they started off with that conventional route of going to school and earning their master's and their credentials to give counseling and therapy, but they never let go of that vision of themselves being capable of being self-employed and having their own company, having their own brand. And that for me was very inspiring. And even though i had to make an adjustment which is something that i want to emphasize too even though you might have to make an adjustment in your approach to getting to that alternative reality that adjustment is perfectly fine you know we constantly constantly have to make adjustments in our trajectory toward that which we believe is aligned with with us And for me, it always felt aligned to be in some form of healing um, profession or modality. And and I remember that as I was coming to this conclusion that my path would look a little different, I stumbled upon someone called Kristen uh, Gutierrez. And she's a very well-known figure in the self-development world. Um, she has a book that I will be linking in the description of this podcast that I encourage you to check out. And Kristen, actually, even though I got introduced to her through her work in having like women's retreats and and doing a lot of ancestral trauma work and and breathing exercises with women, and and it was just her, she explored a lot of modalities. Like she she explored um, herb medicine too. Um, even though that was my introduction to her, I found out that she actually started her journey off as a licensed psychotherapist, which was the path that I was currently on. But, you know, through her work, she discovered that she wanted to go deeper into just exploring other ways of of helping women rise into their finding their voices and and really enriching their lives and their mission so for me it was really striking to see how I had that same like soul resonance that I had when seeing that video of the man having an outburst of emotion I had that same soul resonance with Kristen's work and and just realizing that she started off very similarly to me And I encourage you as you do this search to have an open mind because some things are going to come up that are going to be triggering and that are going to make you feel like you just want to stop the search altogether. But I can very honestly tell you that having a search like this can be fun and can be something that you get excited about. And it doesn't have to feel so intense all the time because you're obviously going to have moments where the emotions can get a little overwhelming, but that's just because it's something new to what you are accustomed to. And when we move past the triggers and we have compassion for ourselves and feeling them, like I mentioned the resentment and how it's perfectly normal, if you have compassion for things like that, you know it's possible to keep going and to keep expanding the scope of what is possible for you, no matter what you have been through. Um, We've reached the end of the episode. (laughs) I went over what I hoped it would. Um, This was going to be one of our shorter episodes, but it's actually kind of an okay length. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. I just felt like I needed to touch upon that second example to make it more generalized, you know, to whatever circumstance you might be experiencing and... I encourage you to reach out if you have something that you are facing that perhaps you didn't see um, exposed in today's episode that you want perhaps some feedback on or advice. I'm always open to hearing from you. So thank you again for reaching the end of this episode with me and I cannot wait to speak to you on the next episode, which is going to be a very exciting one. There is no right time to begin working on the parts of ourselves we may have neglected for the majority of our lives. If you're here, it is for a reason. I am so proud of you for asking the tough questions and delving into what comes of these. May you find the deepest healing and transformation on this path. Thank you.